Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together and we have some great people helping us along the way. Now today we're doing something a little different because we've got some pressing news. We've got a talk to kids shorty, which we're having because it has been recently revealed that Instagram is worse for kids than we thought. And I know this is really worrying to many of my listeners. Specifically, new documents reveal that Facebook knows just how harmful Instagram is for tween and teen girls. The Wall Street Journal shared findings of what Instagram's internal researchers called a teen mental health deep dive, including a study that found Instagram makes body image issues worse for one in three girls. So we have the fabulous Devorah Heitner on to shed some light on what's going on, what we can do as parents, and how we can talk to kids about the pitfalls of social media and Instagram itself so that we don't have our kids falling victim to poor self-esteem, poor body image, and poor self-worth. Now, if you remember, Devorah Heitner has been on our podcast twice already and is the author of the book ScreenWise and the forthcoming book, Growing Up Public. So welcome, Devorah Heitner, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything and this Talk to Kids Shorty. Let's jump right in. Does Instagram hurt kids? The answer is it really depends. It can exacerbate some challenges that kids might already be having, whether it's peer stuff, feeling left out, feeling excluded, or getting really toxic information based on algorithms, especially as the research revelations found potentially around body image, where if you like a site that's connected in some way to dieting or even like fitness or wellness or all these kind of coded words, you might end up getting fed some content that can promote disordered eating or negative body image or you know other really harmful kinds of content that you wouldn't want kids to be exposed to. And, and what we're looking at is the, the pictures, the messages, uh, what, what they're saying, uh, the, what they're saying in the, the posts, but also the comparisons that we wind up having between what we see in ourselves and what we're seeing online. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. I mean, everything we see in social media is all about social comparison. And if even kids will measure and adults too, how many likes they got versus someone else, you know, how many followers someone else has. And so as much as possible, we want to really talk with kids about ungamifying social media, focusing on the quality of relationships and not the quantity, even limiting kids to the number of people they can follow initially as they learn how 
to do social media and get more comfortable in it, limiting kids to maybe one social app at a time that they're going to learn when they start on social. Maybe they don't need five apps. Mm. And all of those things can help them learn the ropes and understand that this is a performance. You know, other people are on here either selling stuff or peddling information or trying to become influencers or even in the case of their peers, just trying to look like you have a life that's interesting and fun. And all of us are posting, you know, a highlight reel in many ways. And it's really important to remember that. So you talk about mentoring rather than monitoring and you pose the question of like, am I supposed to just get my kids off social media? So your feeling is no, we're not supposed to get the kids off social media. So how is it that we can allow them to be on social media and still make sure that they're not going down a terrible rabbit hole? What are some like very specific tips that we should be following? Yeah, I mean, I, so I wrote about seven ways parents can help. And one way is, as, as you said, mentoring, not just monitoring. And the problems with monitoring is you don't necessarily see what your kids are seeing. So what you want to do instead is talk with them about the problems of social comparison, ask them who they're following, help them evaluate whether they're getting what kind of experience they're having so they can take their own emotional temperature and attend to, wow, when I scroll this app, I feel bad. When I use this other app, maybe I have a more neutral or more positive experience. So maybe I should not spend so much time on the negative mm -hmm. app, right? That's really helpful. We wanna also remind kids they can curate the content and their feeds to protect their mental health. So notice that if you do follow certain kinds of sites, you might get really hit with a lot of negative content. So it's really important, especially to be aware of, am I following influencers? Am I following only people I know? And for younger kids, just getting into social media, especially, it's probably smart for them to only follow a few friends and family and really learn the ropes and not. And then if they're going to follow a famous person or an influencer, that should be a family conversation of, okay, who's, who is this person? And if you, if you tell, you know, this app that you're interested in this, what other kinds of things might come with? And that, that's really helpful to think about. Um, you know, if you follow Greta Thornburg, you're going to get information about, you know, climate change. Climate change, yeah. You know, if you, but if you follow someone who's talking about wellness with a side of dieting, you might get some stuff that promotes disordered eating oh. or, you know, body dysphoria. So it's really important to think about what could be kind of around the edges of what you're following, especially once you veer off the friends and family. What an interesting discussion to have to for kids to realize that you may be following one person, but that doesn't mean that one person's information is coming at you. It could be a whole company, a bunch of advertising, all kinds of information coming at you because you follow that one person. Exactly. And so that's why I would maybe steer away from the explore part of Instagram, especially if for a new user, again, following people you know, and that's not, you know, the app can still, your experience on the app could still make you feel bad if your friends are making you feel bad or if looking at other kids is making you feel bad. But if you stick with trusted small group of friends and maybe family initially, that's gonna be a very different experience than following, again, a bunch of other people. And then looking at the, those decisions together about influencers is a great way to have a conversation. You know, maybe your kid is really interested in entrepreneurship and they want to follow some kid entrepreneurs for inspiration and to share their own 
learning about starting their own business, that could be really positive. So I'm not saying your kid should never follow anybody you don't know, mm -hmm. but it's something to really think about what is this going to be inspiring or is this going to make you feel bad? Um, and then look at your habits and you might be modeling habits that you haven't realized you're modeling. Like, do you sleep with your phone? Do you look at it before you do anything else? Are you on it during meals? Mm -hmm. Cultivating positive habits is something we can help our kids do by talking with them about when has social media or other other screen pursuits you know been distracting when we're trying to get work done okay maybe we should put our device in another room when we're trying to do homework uh, we also want to remind kids to really prioritize face-to-face -face contact hobbies they love if you know when you jam out on your flute you feel just like a million bucks that's something you should maybe do every day of the week maybe you know TikTok is a three day a week hobby where whereas you know the flute might be something you want to do every day because you're also trying to get better at it and i think for most of us unless we have our own channel which is a whole other question but if you're just scrolling mostly on social you're not trying to get better at it so think about you know do you want to get better at french do you want to get better at your instrument do you want to get better at gymnastics like those are things that you might want to prioritize as well as the friends that really give you life and really support you and that make you happy um, you also want to think about what you're sharing and what you bring to the table um, in these spaces, right? So we, we that doesn't mean our kids have to be these fonts of joy and only post glittery posts. You know, you're allowed to post things that are more real, but you don't want to be in that space either being overly vulnerable in a way that's not appropriate to the scale of these spaces, like sharing with 300 people your most innermost thoughts. Mm. And you don't want to be posting things that will make other people feel bad or envious. So when we when we have that filter, honestly, it's hard to think of what to post. You know, when I think about what do I post, it's like, well, I don't want to go there and complain and I don't want to, you know, just brag about my life. And so, like, where is that middle ground? And I think for a lot of us, it is really tricky because there's such a performance involved. And um, yeah, we want we want our kids to also reality check what they see, whether it's someone whose life seems to be perfect or a celebrity who's, you know, spouting things that are too good to be true, or someone with a theory about, you know, it could be a theory about COVID or vaccines or a theory about climate. It's like, let's find out more. Where, mm -hmm. where is this person getting this information? So, I mean, you've mentioned a bunch of things and, and it sounds like there are a lot of conversations that we do need to have with kids about this. So if this child was right in front of you, and I often say to my child, you know, both of my kids, memories are made face-to-face, -face, not online. And, and obviously I've connected with incredible people online, including you and many other people in my circle. But does it make sense then to ask them, like, what's the end? Like, what is the goal of you posting this so that you have some kind of filter there? Why, why are we posting this information? What are we hoping to get from it? What kind of reaction are we hoping to get from it to uh, figure out if it is healthy? What is the, what are the words we want to be saying to our kids? That's really challenging because everyone's posting for attention. Everyone's posting for validation. These are universal, right? When I post, I'm posting for attention. I'm posting to bring people's awareness to my business because I want them to hire me to speak or buy my book, or I want them to know that I'm still out there and remember that I'm their friend, even though I haven't seen a lot of people in the last year and a half, or I want them, or, or I want them to know that I feel, you know, loyalty. So I might, you know, post about my anniversary of my husband and say like, here we are, you know, we're still, we're still happy. <laughs> we're still together. 
you know, where, yeah, or, or we might post, you know, how happy we are to live in our new community where we moved and I'm kind of like signaling again to people like, hey, we're still here, like be our friends. And so I think it's really important not to say to kids like, well, why did you post that as much as to acknowledge the universals? Like we all want attention, we all want likes, we all want validation when we post. Um, or we want to be perceived as funny or interesting, right? There's a few reactions that we pretty much want. And 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 if we are going for attention in the sense of like pity or a, like a neg more negative attention, like we're posting things about ourselves that are more negative, I, I wouldn't sort of hit that head on. I would instead think, how can I meet this child's need for attention and validation or help them find other outlets to meet that need? I'm not saying, I mean, if you're in the extreme cases, I've interviewed families for my new book on reputation where kids are actually posting made up stories to get, you know, intense attention to say like, you know, my sibling was in a car accident and died and that didn't happen. I mean, obviously you have to intervene, try to get your kid to take down the post, right? And something like that. But at the same time, I would also look at how else can I help my kid meet this need that might be healthier without necessarily saying that directly to them because that's going to feel pretty bad yeah. to hear. Like if my husband was like, wow, Devorah's been posting a lot of selfies and she keeps taking three before she posts, maybe I better tell her she's really cute because she's clearly feeling a little insecure about her looks. If he said to me that whole thought process, I wouldn't be very happy with him. Mm. But if he was just like, you're looking great, sweetie, uh, that might be better. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm, so right. I'm kind of simplifying, but, but it's like, if you see that need in your kid, think about, well, what would be healthy? Like maybe they should go out for the talent show. Maybe they need to go play a piano solo at the local nursing home. And you can suggest that as a service project. Like there's a lot of healthy, great ways to get attention in the world. Um, and be validated and be seen. And, and and social media so rarely gives us what we want on that front. And so, but I think saying to a kid, you're not gonna get what you want there, nya nya, I know better than you, is, is not a great strategy. <laughs> so if we bring it back full circle from the shorty and go back to the studies that were revealed that said that Instagram was bad for kids, especially in relation to girls and body image, what would be the conversation you would want to have with your teen girls or teen boys uh, who are engaged in Instagram and you feel that they may be getting these negative messages and you want them to be aware that they're being sold a song? Yeah, I would say we live in a culture that's racist and misogynist and, you know, fat phobic and we need to make sure we're not getting too many of these toxic messages in these spaces. And if you, you know, if your kid is interested in following sort of body positive influencers or people who are talking about other things, that could be great. Or if you have a kid who has particular risk factors, like a kid who's already maybe in recovery from an eating disorder, then maybe that's a kid who should limit their, who they follow to friends and family um, and, and, and we should look at their time as, you know, they should only be on when they're feeling really grounded or maybe they shouldn't even use social media in some cases. And that's something you might want to come to if you're working with a professional like that. I wouldn't just impose that, you know, because you listen to the podcast, I would really think together, like, what are the benefits and, and losses involved in taking a break from social but for a typical kid who's just wading into this stuff to say, hey, there's some negative messages out there and algorithms can make it so your feed is suddenly filled with negative messages and really talk to them about things like the filter bubble. And you could even watch 
Ellie Pariser's excellent TED talk on the filter bubble and talk about how my internet is different than your internet because we're we're triggering different algorithms and you don't want to trigger an algorithm that sends you harmful messages as a growing up person or ever, but especially as a growing up person because we need to protect your growing up brain from super negative messages. It's, it's similar to the conversation you might have about pornography or extreme violence. And again, you can see all of those things also on social media. And it's not any one app like, yes, we're throwing Instagram under the bus this week. But let's face it, TikTok has some real pernicious stuff. Um, Pinterest, you can find porn and mm. yucky things on Pinterest. So, you know, don't think just because, you know, you like that app for like knitting, you know, advice doesn't mean it, it can't have bad stuff. And that's exactly the point is like your your experience of Pinterest might be all about, you know, crafting, uh, but someone else's might be very different. Mm. This was so enlightening. I'm so glad that we took the time to do this shorty today because I, I really did open my eyes and it's helping me to know what I should be bringing up at dinner time tonight uh, and, and going forward uh, regarding Instagram and social media. My kids are right there, right in the tween stage and they're you know very curious. I want to make sure I set them up for success and, and certainly not put them into harm's way. So thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your knowledge about Instagram, the information that came out recently and social media in general. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's great talking with you. Well, that's it for our Talk to Kids Shorty for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. There's so many great podcasts up there, and the show notes to this Talk to Kids Shorty will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. I know it's not easy, but never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. Perhaps your kids are on Instagram or on social media and you haven't had these conversations. There's never a time when you say, oh, I can't have those anymore. You can. You can engage in these important conversations. Take these tips and scripts that we talked about today and you can talk about them tonight, tomorrow, right now. I understand it, I've been there and I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we are doubting our know-how, our choices and our sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.